Let's pray. Lord Jesus, why? Why did you go into that upper room? Why did you serve the disciples? Help us to understand the why. That we may apply your truth more deeply into our lives. And all we say and all we do, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the question for this evening is why? Why did Jesus go in the upper room? Why Monday, Thursday? And the best place to look for the answer is um, in God's Word. In fact, if you want to turn back to your bulletins to the reading, or if you want to follow along the Bible, um, in John chapter 13, a few Bibles, page 1673. And I want to take a look once again at the first part of this reading because it answers that question pretty clearly. John 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast. Let's stop there for a second. The Passover feast, what's that all about? You go back into the Old Testament, you see the first Passover in Exodus, how God sent the angel of death that went over all the area of Egypt and brought death to the firstborn son of all the families except for those that did what? They put the blood of the lamb over the door frames. And the Passover had been celebrated for hundreds of years. But Jesus, on that very first Monday, Thursday, was going to change that event. He was going to fulfill it. Because ultimately, he himself would become the Lamb of God. It goes on, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He knew that the next day, what was going to happen? He was going to die. He knew that. If you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, what would you be doing today? Would you be um, in a worship service right now? Or would you be out um, eating your favorite meal? Who would you want to hang out with? But what we see here is Jesus has a special meal for his 12 disciples. These 12 are very important to him. And I believe that it really extends way beyond those 12. Extends to all of us. For us to think of ourselves also being in that upper room. It goes on. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. Right there we see the answer for the why. Why Monday, Thursday? Why this Passover meal? Why this time with his disciples and ultimately a time that extends to us? Love. Jesus loves his own. And we are his own. And love is the motivation for this very special day. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. He had come from God and was returning to God. We see very clearly he knows his purpose. He came from heaven to earth, ultimately that we as sinners could be forgiven and be brought from earth to heaven. His journey would go back to heaven and the more you understand your purpose in life, if it ties into our Lord Jesus Christ, the more your life is going to make sense. And all of a sudden your priority is going to change more and more as you grow deep in the understanding. 
So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. And so here he is the day before he is to die. He makes sure that this meal is all set up. It's all prepared ahead of time. And he washes the feet of his disciples. He's going to die the next day. Instead of wanting to be served, he's serving. He's washing their feet. It may seem like a strange thing for us in this day and age, but back then, they typically wore sandals, didn't have pavement and sidewalks like we have. All the streets were dirt. And whenever they went somewhere, typically their feet were very dirty. And Jesus washes his disciples' feet. He serves. In fact, as as Jesus himself says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. What is Monday, Thursday all about? It's about love. It's about service. In John 13, verse 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And the word here is agape, a love that gives and gives and gives without expecting a return. And so what we see here is, what does love look like? And love is about serving. And we have the one word for serve in our English language. It can mean a lot of different things. The Greek language was so precise. And I, I think back and I look at some of the, the Greek words, you know, in the New Testament. You know, one word for service, therapon, a servant healer, like a doctor type of person. There is oikotis, which is a household servant. That's oikotis. There's diakonis, which ultimately is a, um, like a church worker, a serving type of person in the church. And in fact, in the early church, the disciples were serving, and, and the church grew so large, they appointed seven what? Seven deacons to serve within that church. Another word for um, servant was huperitus. This is, I've shared this before, that huperitus is called the under rower. Okay, so back then their ships sometimes had many levels of rowers, and the worst place you can possibly be is on what level? The lowest level, okay? Because, number one, you had more ore in the water. And number two, they typically were not allowed to have potty breaks, okay? So all these decks above them, and people are, are um, doing their thing, and it's all gravity takes over, and it comes down, and the bottom deck is called what? The poop deck. That's where that comes from. Huperitis. So sometimes you may feel like you're taking on a lot of, you know, I won't go any further than that. Can I get the picture? And sometimes when you serve God in this world, sometimes it can be very tough. My favorite word for servant is the word doulos. And that's the word that Paul and, and James and a lot of the writers in the Bible, they say, I, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. I, Peter, a servant of Christ Jesus. I, James, a servant of Christ Jesus. And the word doulos, I just love the meaning of this word. Somebody who is set free by their master. The master sets them free, and in their freedom, they give themselves back to their master. And they say, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Think about that. You know, Jesus is the one who sets us free. And now in the freedom, how are we going to use it? If we're going to be a doulist, what that means is we give ourselves back to Jesus. Now, Jesus, I will do whatever you want me to do. And the more that we do that in our lives, the more life makes a whole lot of sense. 
And when I first came here um, 11 years ago, you know, Pastor Steve Tile had a tradition on Monday, Thursday. We've kind of fallen away from the last few years, but he would wash the feet of an individual or individuals. And I decided to bring that um, back today, and, and I'm going to um, call upon two volunteers, um, Pastor Allen, Pastor Jeremy, you guys come, come up here. Come on. <laughs> come on up and have a, have a chair here. And what we have here, we have two um, very incredible servants. Don't look. <laughs> Don't look. <laughs> Don't worry, I have hobbit feet. So, yeah. <laughs> and so as I'm, you know, preparing them for the foot washing, as we're up here, I want to encourage you to begin to pray for these two guys. Because, um, number one, they're amazing servants. And for me to see what's happened in their lives over the last 11 years, for Alan, the full 11 years, and Jeremy has been, what, eight or nine, nine years now? Nine years. Nine years. To see how you guys have grown incredibly in the work you do in your service to God. And, you know, Alan, you know, as I've um, watched you and as I've worked with you, you are an incredible loving shepherd. And I know that you're surrounded by people in this um, sanctuary that have received a lot of the ministry that you have done to serve them. And I know that God has amazing plans going forward. It's been so fun for me to watch you grow as a leader, to watch you grow as a servant. Your messages are incredible. Your heart for Jesus is amazing. I've really enjoyed the time I've had to serve with you. We go way back, even to the seminary, back over 30 years ago. And I just want to encourage all of you here to pray for this incredible shepherd, to pray for this amazing man of God as he serves um, this campus. And as I depart, we'll be in the interim role of director of ministries. And Jeremy, to see how um, you have grown so incredibly from a youth minister to an amazing pastor. The confidence I see in your preaching, your teaching, and how you lead is growing all the time. Remember when you went through the seminary, both you and Dave Ellison, you had this aptitude test for ministry, and you guys like knocked the lid off that thing. And what an amazing job you do for our church. What an amazing job you've done at, at Mountain View to help that campus continue to grow, both on both campuses. And these are amazing guys up here. And I want to encourage you to pray for them. But as they have served you, I want to encourage you to serve them and to assist them and to walk alongside them even more as we go into the future. I'm going to start getting their shoes back. <laughs> you're going to help me do that? <laughs> so now you're all day. But I want to, um, again, encourage all you to keep praying for them. It fits. <laughs> you guys are pretty cool. You didn't have 
tiles. You just kind of push them right on. <laughs> but I want you to also join with me in a sign of appreciation for what these guys do. You know, what a privilege I've had to work with them. And I know that great times are ahead for this congregation. And you are blessed to have these two amazing shepherds. In a few short moments, we're going to be receiving the Lord's Supper. And Jesus did something amazing. That Passover meal was celebrated for so many years, all of a sudden he changed it. He took the bread, he took the wine. He made it very clear that through that bread and wine, he comes to us, he serves us. We weren't there 2,000 years ago, but we're here tonight. The very words that Jesus said are the words that we hear that consecrate these elements. And when you receive the Lord's Supper, it's the hug of Jesus. It's Jesus letting you know that he loves you. He's serving you. And just as he serves us, the great command he gives to us is to love one another, and love equals what? Service. And ultimately, the key for our future, for this congregation, for Christianity in this world, is that we serve with love. In closing, I was reading about an um, owner of a coffee shop, and she looked out, and, and um, one of the customers going through the drive-thru paid for the coffee for the car behind. And so the car behind gets up, and they said, well, the people in front of you paid for your coffee. And that person was so impressed that that person paid for the one behind them. And it went on for 27 cars. Something happens when service and love push forward. A chain reaction. And I pray that's a chain reaction that will always come from the people of Shepherd of the Desert. That just as Jesus loves and serves us, we go to love and serve one another. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, Thank you for serving us. Just as you were in that room 2,000 years ago, you are here with us right now. And we thank you for the love you showed, a love in which you were willing to give your life. You spent the last day of your, the day before you died, you spent it with your disciples. And ultimately, the words that you said 2,000 years ago are the words that are with us today. Lord Jesus, as you have have loved us and continue to love us and serve us. Help us to love and serve others in greater ways than ever before. In your name we pray. Amen. This time the offer will be received. You please send registers in your rows at this time as well.